choice of grasses to be sown will depend upon your local soil and climatic conditions. It is wise, therefore, to follow the recommendations of soil and pasture experts in your community and to buy your seed from a reliable dealer. Timothy, sweet clover, alfalfa, and alcite clover. So what is wrong with you, Justin? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, it's like having a child here today. <laughs> well, it's because I have I have created, this has become my child. I'm having a nurse. I shouldn't have let thing. him have control of this board. <laughs> He's the only one who really knows hey, how hey, to Hey, 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 hey. Well. Be off the questions. <laughs> you, we haven't even introduced you yet. So just wait until we, um, wait until we introduce you, guest. Speaking of well, that, so... Start Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Buddy Seat. Uh, sorry for the delay on this one. Life's been happening between trying to plant wheat, fertilize, and Justin's always doing something. We don't really know what, but he's always doing something. Squirrel. <laughs> I was on another podcast last week, so I've still recorded. I'm more consistent than you are. Well, that's fair, but you used our equipment. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> cheating on you. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah. Uh, you get over it. Was, <laughs> I used our equipment to yeah. make another. <laughs> it's kind of well, gross. Justin, Anyways, you want to take continue. us away and introduce our special yeah. guest today? So, yeah, it, welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Buddy Seat. And, and um, we have an uh, one guest that's that's a returner, and then we have a guest that uh is new to the show and today uh it's a good friend of mine i met him in college um so we've been through a lot of really cool parts of our life together um now he is a oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) that dog was excited thomas morphied right that's right so i'm just gonna cut the bs and we're gonna let Jason kind of talk about himself here in a second, but we also have Ryan Smart back. Well, Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Smart back on the podcast. So, hey, Ryan, huh? glad How to are have you, Justin. Back. I'm doing good. Good. good Stopping the name of love. So, Jason, tell us about life in your buddy seat, and then what has happened since you've started taking hold of yourself. Yeah. So we're starting like from the beginning, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Like, um, well, what would you consider the beginning? Well, I'm uh, name's Jason Craig. Uh, born and raised right here. I don't Good know, place to four, start his name, right? Four or five, four or five miles down the road from Zach's house. So, um, grew up in Alvarado. Um, went back and forth from the family farm in Iowa every summer, every Christmas. It kind of rotated every now and then up there. That's where I kind of got my passion. That's where the buddy seat started. Um, was riding in the tractor with my grandpa and my dad and. Uh, raising cattle up there we had about 300 to 400 acres of uh not necessarily tillable ground but we grew hay there rose hay uh at about oh i don't know in between 20 and 30 head of cattle uh i guess that was probably the minimum of it i don't really remember how many cattle we actually had up there but um that's kind of what i remember you know where at now uh tumble iowa okay so southeast southeast corner of iowa um just right there and bottoms of you know, a ton of Iowa. So uh, that's kind of where, where my passion in ag started. Um, really loved it, loved the land, loved, you know, helping with cattle, and really just kind of grew from there. Um, went from uh, Alvarado High School, graduated there in 2011, uh, started my journey with Tarleton State, uh, graduated with an ag, ag economics with a minor in ag business uh, development there, and Went on my journey from there. I guess we'll get into it after that, wherever we want to go and however we want to build off of that. Well, how did you get into the feed meal game? 
So that was a funny story. My brother really uh, pushed me to be kind of more ag focused on what I wanted to do. Going through college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I just knew I wanted to be in the ag, you know, the ag industry. So uh, out of college, I interned for an oil company in uh, downtown Houston. Was there for about uh, six months to uh, six to eight months, something like that. And then I uh, wasn't really liking it. wasn't really liking downtown Houston. Uh, it's not for everybody. Then went from one big city to another to Dallas. Worked in downtown Dallas for two years uh, in freight brokerage company. And then just wasn't liking it. Wasn't using my degree. Wasn't happy with, you know, what I was doing and, and where I was. And called my brother, and he's, he was a part of the Texas Grand Feed Association, and told him to push my resume out and try, try to find me something. So from there, he got me a job with Munster Milling up in Munster, Texas. I was a... Uh, Purchasing manager there for about two years, and right then and there, the first week I was there, really, really hit off my passion for what I'm doing now. And then from there, I'm back at Thomas More. I'm at Thomas More Feed now. That's kind of what got me, got me into it. So uh, there's really no answer to that question. It just kind of I fell into it, if you, if you would say. So it's kind of amazing how those deals work. I, I mean, grand scheme, then all of a sudden you just find this one thing and. That's yep. where you're supposed to be. Yep, and it's it's funny how it just rolls out. It, it's not something that you, um, I mean, I guess it's something you have a passion for, but it's not really something that you go into life being like, yeah, I, I want to work for a feed mill. But it just happens that way, and you find a love for it. You find a love for animal nutrition and, and the grain side of it and, and you know, the people in the industry, and, and that's just kind of what I grew off of. And you have to deal with both farmers and ranchers, so that has to be challenging. Yeah, it's a little challenging <laughs> at times. The farmers sometimes, you know, sometimes most times they're great, but sometimes you know they're a little stubborn. But no, that's, that's the way it as is. As a whole, <laughs> we're the easiest people ever to get along with. Exactly. <laughs> what do you actually do for the feed meal? So now at Thomas More Feed, I am, um, I guess, general manager is kind of what I do. I'm over all operations. I plan the production. I uh, moved into more of a role of uh, helping organize the logistical side of the commodities. I don't purchase them. Um, so Thomas Morfeed is owned by um, by three guys. One of them is Matt Moore, and the other one's Matt McCurdy. Uh, the other one's not really around as much, but he is, um, I guess, a third silent owner. And you say Matt McCurdy uh, buys all the ingredients, grains, and all that. Matt Moore is kind of over everything else. Uh, so I'm jumping into a role to not only plan production, uh, run operations of the entire feed mill, make sure all the employees are doing what they need to be doing. Um, also making sure we get what we need to run. What challenges have you seen this year? Because the state as a whole, it's evident we were in a drought. Mm-hmm. Crop production was short from the Gulf Coast region to the tip of Texas and the Panhandle. Everything, hay, corn, wheat, what, cotton. cotton, big cotton seed, because there's a lot of cotton seed and feed. You know, what challenges you see have to change rations or just use what you could get? So we haven't really seen a whole on the cotton side of things. So kind of a backstory on Thomas Moore feed, Matt Moore, Matt Moore farms 6,000 acres around the feed mill in uh, college, college, sta- college station, in Bryan, Texas. Um, so we have a pretty good source of our cotton and um, I guess not really of our cotton, but our whole cotton seed comes from, you know, College Station, Bryan, Texas. And uh, so whenever this year we kind of maybe seen a little bit, whenever we run out, we're going to run out and we're just going to have to change rations. Um, but aside from that, 
all the other commodities and whatnot, it's been, it's been, you know, last year was real, real bad. Um, a lot of the bulk ingredients that we were getting were, they were scarce. They were hard to find. They were hard to get. You know, that's, think about that as far as a business model mindset comes. I mean, having that much acreage of their own, that on a, on a year in to year end out basis, it's, it's icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. But in a year like this, it's, its true purpose is to be a, a, a shield of armor, mm-hmm. really, to yeah. soften the blow, right? I yeah, mean, because I'm sure if he raises that much cotton, he doesn't sell his cotton seed to the gin. He's keeping his cotton seed to go to them. Well, so he's soon. got his own cotton gin. So oh, they run their own too. cotton gin, and then we get our I'm own cotton you, seed from there. This guy is very self sufficient. He is, yes. So if They're there's literally any the type of vertically integrated. Yep. Yeah, that's what's great about it is, is if there's any type of ripple effect that happens in the industry, they're automatically gonna see a nth percent of reduction of of that influx which keeps y'all y'all can keep y'all's prices lower your so that's gonna make you extremely competitive on pricing because mm-hmm. oh. you're cutting out the middleman so many different ways to certain years yeah i mean in the ideal year the crops that more grows is it, we're trying to get through the year for that until the next year's harvest um you know Past couple of years, it hadn't really worked out that well. We do buy grain from other companies uh, locally that rail some stuff in if they don't have it, and uh, that's that's kind of one of the things that makes us unique. You know, we a lot of the ingredients that we have um, come from the land around our feed mill, and uh, whether it be hay, whether it be whole cottonseed, whether it be milo, sunflower, black oil, black oil, sunflower, corn. Um, the only other thing is is wheat. You don't but, do much silage. Uh, so for the sexing technologies. A lot of the corn that more grows uh, goes into the forage for that, uh, silage for that. Uh, so I don't, I don't really know the breakdown of that. I haven't really been super involved with the farm and, and what acres they do for what. But um, sexing technologies right down the road, uh, they, they come in farm a lot of the silage right off of there and go straight to sexing technologies. That's really cool. It's neat that they, they're structured that way. But that's also, I mean, I've seen this with like LNC, Livestock Nutrition Center. They put their hub somewhere they can pull a mass majority of their products within a 50-mile circle. Mm-hmm. It's and that, a logistics basis. I mean, that's a huge deal because freight these days are, is ridiculous. If you can save off of that and you can get stuff locally, I mean, that's going to save your bottom dollar at the end of the day. And it benefits the farmer, too, because we sell directly to feed mill. It's mm-hmm. not going to a granary that they got to make money and then ship it out again. It's straight out the combine into their bins, yep. getting flaked or cracked, whatever they yep. need, within – Usually days at times, but mm-hmm. they store enough for the – get them through most of the year. Yeah. Yep. But you know what I do? Storage is always your limiting factor. Yep, it is. And I, I want to – we're trying to get more storage there so we can be able to be more self-sufficient and, and take more stuff in. But um, we've got storage around for corn. Um, we're not limited to the storage that we have just at the feed mill. Uh, we've got various grain bins two or three miles away. Uh, so we got a lot of storage capacity on corn and milo. But it's it's the other stuff that we bring in, like sunflower black oils. Like this year, sunflower black oil wasn't a good harvest. Um, I mean, we got maybe four truckloads off of what we normally would get, ten or fifteen. Holy um, crap! So it was it was, it was <laughs> a rough year in harvest. The architect over here, yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> construction guys, like, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you have somewhat of a background in that, right? I do. Yeah, but it's I mean that's the whole state. It, everything came in so shy this year because one major thing we all missed rain. Yep. yep. And you can, like, the Brazos River bottom down there around Brown College Station, they irrigate a lot. Mm-hmm. But you still need the natural rainfall to make that final yield. Yep. And then you got to go into the cost of what goes into those pivots. I mean, you got diesel. Diesel was 
ridiculously high beginning of the year last or, or into last year, and uh, some guys. Hey, yeah. Can, so what's up with this shortage? Is there really a diesel shortage, or is that just? I, I think. <laughs> I don't. My pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know on that. I mean, I think it's a control tactic at times, but then I wasn't going to make this political after he's not shut up. <laughs> it's all good. Okay. Because this is something that does affect everybody at this table. Yeah, no, it's not really political. I mean, it, I don't it, think me there's and Zach a shortage. talked about we're going to piss people off no matter what we talk about. So, yeah, I think it's a crock of shit if you, want, <laughs> if you ask me. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, that's that. why everybody go vote November 8th. Vote. This election is I've already very voted. I did too. I've already voted. Me too. Well, I haven't yet, but. Will. You, you get to park home. in the front door. Don't. There's no reason for you not to vote. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair statement. Uh, I'll take that. <laughs> but um. <laughs> Justin's wheels are turning over here. <laughs> I'm sitting over here thinking about how fast we could get to the moon if we had to. Like, are we going down that road? I thought this is more. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is more <laughs> Justin found the first squirrel of the night. <laughs> So, anyways, um, that's really neat that Thomas More because I've always heard of them, but they're not in our region. There's not much of their feed up here, right? Because most of your feed comes from a feed mill within about a hundred mile circle, pretty quick, right? So we try to stick to that seventy hundred mile radius, but you know, again, because um, of freight. Can you yes. talk freight, about right. any of the partnerships y'all have? Uh, I mean, I probably shouldn't. I, <laughs> one of the things I wanted to ask before I came was I wanted to go talk to the owners about what I could actually talk about whatnot. So I don't want to I don't do want to push that line a little. Maybe we just need to have you back for Adventures with Jason Craig. Yeah, part, part two. two. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, actually, Happy Hills feed uh, feed store right up here, the mm-hmm. feed store right now, right? We deliver those. We distribute right out of them. That's so cool. You um, should win so one of your customers. It's Sunday. Uh, well, <laughs> the Lord's Day. <laughs> I actually, I provide a lot of hay to Happy Hill Feed. Really? Yeah. Okay. Adam that owns it, really good guy. Okay. Really solid. He really is. Adam's, you said Adam's. No, Adam, the guy who owns Happy Hill Feed is named Adam. Oh, okay. Because in the one in Alredo, Adam's. That's tag. Adam's feed. Adam's yeah. feed and tag. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got you. So we got so many feed too? stores. Mm-hmm. Yep, both of them here. We have Alredo. lots of feed stores in this county now. Oh, I know. Oh. And we're trying to serve them all. Oh, you are? We oh, my some, God. Look at you, Mr. Ninja Boy. We got some good salesmen that There's are There's a new one in Lillian just opened up about a year ago. They're opening up. We have a Russell's. Right. Did you know that? Oh, that's because there's no feed mills close by. We also have there's a place called the Feed Store by. that took over Man Ag, Lone like, Star. Well, not in Alvarado yeah. area. Yeah. No, but you got one in West. There's a big one down there at West. Yeah, and you got LNC. Right? Uh, no, it's out in the country. And then you got LNC up there that does sell to the general public. Most people don't realize that. Then you got a uh, red chain out in Gorman, Gorman. if you want to. You got Comanche. You got a uh, high pro. Yeah, high pro. High pro is a Comanche. There's lots of big yeah, feet. Grain in a world. Yeah, Bryant Grain's in a Leo. <laughs> Munster. I mean, that's a little further north, but I mean, they serve some stuff down here as well. Munster. I think of cheese. You got Waylands out of Temple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one too. Yeah. No, there's more than you realize that uh, you got performance in Rio Vista. So we do have. That's more local than any of them. Huh? No, what's yeah. the one in Godly? Yeah. There's one in Godly. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Serve code. Service. Service. Service is in Godly. There's one in Burleson that's active. Sorry, yeah, it's S-E-R. And we're talking about feed here. Uh, you can go to your local Walmart and get Thomas More feed. So, really? Yep. Whoa, whoa, that's whoa, whoa, one thing whoa, whoa, that we've changed whoa, whoa. a lot. And, and we... We asked the questions. You. Is that the, is that the wrong button? No, I feel that, like. that was it. That was that, it. We I asked think that was the wrong button. Right. He's just going with it. That was the wrong button, yeah. 
was confident. Y'all sell like, directly to Walmart. Guy. So yeah, so we did we dog uh, food or what? Um, no, no dog food. We don't do dog food, cat food, any of that. With which no. That's a whole different process. What is your wiener dog's name? Oh, that's Ellie. Ellie's so Ellie, cool. <laughs> but yeah, we distribute to Walmart's. Um, I don't know. We, we don't. So we ship out of Thomas Morphy to Walmart DC's uh, distributing centers, and they distribute over. I don't know, most, a lot of the, it's not all of the Walmarts in Texas. Um, I think it's close to 350 Walmarts is oh, what we go to. But, but that's something that we've kind of changed uh, before. Walmart never really sold horse feed or any of that stuff. So right now we've got a line of horse feed. We've got a line of. Uh, is it a great value uh, brand? Who's got to run a story, don't you? <laughs> that one was pretty good, though. Where's yeah, that button? Yeah. There it is. <laughs> Uh, but pig feed, um, I mean, yeah, we're... we're Here's my Walmart thing. Walmart sort of feed like that? I didn't either. Yeah, if I had a horse and I was in a dire need for feed, I would not think, oh, let me go check Walmart. But yeah. before too long, all it takes is one time. And you're going to sit here, just how you just talked about it, you're going to sit here the one time it gets you out of a bind, and you're going to be telling me, yeah, you know, did you know the fucking Walmart carries... Horse feed, <laughs> and then the next time somebody—that's all it takes. That's all that freaking company is about. Yeah, because now, whoever I tell, they may have some long lost friend or something. Hey, man, I just picked this horse up. I ain't got no way to feed it. The way hey, go up to Walmart. Walmart. There's the a way Walmart that Walmart secured um, having oil changes in Walmart's. I can't remember what state it was when they were first expanding. If it was Tennessee or Kansas where it's a property that he bought because he couldn't like buy in that state or something like that. The place that he leased had an oil change place. Well, instead of Walton just not using the oil changing bay on this store facility, all he did was just roll on with it and he saw the success and he was like, huh. So the next store he built, when he finally got the permitting for it, he did it and it continued on. And then that's why he added it. Cause it made so much sense. Get your oil changed while you're, you're shopping, shopping, shopping for groceries. Mm-hmm. That's no, really impressive. If y'all get it to so target, a true, I mean, a true, true, that's, that's a, a true that's entrepreneur. <laughs> like it, and it does, it's not just owning a business or, or being a self starter or anything like that. A true entrepreneur, uh, that type of mindset, you are always looking at everything and you're going like when you're sitting in a restaurant you're like we just ordered 45 dollars worth of food they just ordered you know three fajita plates that's another 45 dollars worth of food they're gonna have us in and out of here in 45 minutes they've got this i'm gonna give this x amount of tip like and you're like your wheels start turning and you're like damn they're making x amount of dollars an hour in here that's the mindset that you get in you ever sit there and look at the bags hitting the pallet, and you're like, you know what's in it mm-hmm. between the bag, the labor, and the inputs, mm-hmm. and you know every one of those hitting there, the margin it is when it gets sold. You just watch that pallet just stacking up with money. It's money. And that's one thing I did find out, because I actually looked at opening a feed store about five years ago. Yeah? And it was more so for the fact of the queues were fit time, didn't like them, there was better products out there. And it was uh, Black Label was the cube. It's a company out in Longview or somewhere oh, yeah. out East Texas. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I've, it's a phenomenal cube. It's a yeah. 30% cottonseed base. The mineral pack in it's awesome. The cows loved it. 
But that's when I figured out as far as a feed store owner. And if you don't know Zach Goodwin, once you find something like that and it's in your mind, like everything else just compares to it, is trash. Yeah. <laughs> trash. Like I do lots well, of you research. You want the best, right? And I went, but that's when I figured out there is not much money in a bag of feed for the retailer. There's not. It's all off quantity. And all the inputs that go in it, you think it would be, you know, I mean, you got to make a lot of it to be able to make money at it and be successful at it. It's, it's, I mean, it's one of those deals. I mean, and at the end of the day, it's all off that price point for the general, most of the general public. They want whatever's this price is where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do. And I'll pay more for better feed because I see a better result out of it. Uh, that's where I went to rent cubes for years like everybody does, and we went to a mash feed. Uh, it's LNC's combo ration, generic mm-hmm. ration. I love it because I can feed it to weanling calves, to full mature mamas, to bulls. To everything grows on it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I can feed it to weanling And it dogs. works so well. <laughs> Well, then I was like, I was buying a, t- a bulk bag at a time. I was like, well, where do I start seeing my price? He goes, three tons. And I was like, okay, so I bought three tons. He's like, well, we can save you even more money if you bring your own containers. Oh, of course. Here we go. <laughs> so I went and I had them already. They're my seat containers. Cleaned them out really well. Mm-hmm. They seal up. Rats can't get in them. They're that hard plastic. Yeah. I go up there and get three tons at a time, and it keeps it keeps for about three, four months, no yeah. problem. Yeah. But that started cutting my cost. Every time I did something, it was another $50 off a ton. Because they're not put that labor to it. Yep, yep. Um, And if I get to six tons, they'll deliver. In fact, we'll sell it to you for this much a ton. If you'll actually plant it, harvest it, clean it, and like, oh, yeah, man, I'm almost getting that for free. Yeah, it's because you're practically doing everything now, Zach. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's actually with LNC because I'm a big producer for them. That's Uh, a whole different price structure. Right. They call that a backdoor bobby. Well, they take care of me every year. So how I'm do you how do go. you score that every year? Well, you know, I do supply some of their commodities. <laughs> <laughs> what um, what do y'all are feeding this uh, feed? And y'all uh, using it in a trough, meaning cubes? You can just toss that on the ground. Be all right. We actually years ago went to uh, concrete troughs because for one, cows can stand in them. They never turn them over. They never tear them up. They're literally bulletproof. Con- they're concrete. And the thing is, my, I, I quite don't understand why it seems like every time I go to feed cows in a feed trough, they decide they want to get in it. Yeah, I got one that that's where she stands. She'll stand in and eat. The right in the time. trough. Yep. Yes. And all the rest, but I, they're 10 foot by 4 foot, I think. And they'll pack 15, 20 head around. Listen, it. man, you want them domesticated, but you don't want them intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are talking about cattle, right? Okay. <laughs> but, no, the concrete troughs, actually, because they get 100% of their feed then. They're yeah. not stepping on it. They're not stomping it. They're not eating dirt. Because uh, it's not falling It grinds down teeth. They've shown that. And it also will decrease the longevity of that uh, cow's life because of teeth maturity. And they're and actually, for what you're going to pay for metal troughs, concrete costs the same thing. Really? At the end of the day. Wow. Yeah, I think when I was buying them, they were like two hundred dollars a piece. So I stacked them in every pasture. Yeah, you're probably thinking now you're probably six, seven hundred. I don't know. I get them over in Alvarado. Where DNY Welding, Cox Products is who makes them out of East Texas. Cox. Yeah. Oh. I was just waiting on Justin to pick up on that. <laughs> oh, it's C O X. C O X. So Jason, back to back to your buddy seed story. So for real, for real. You stopped that you were in Alvarado. That's all we know was in high school. What did what, you do after that? Well, I kind of explained. He went, I, said he went to Houston. And yeah, Dallas. you were listening. So, uh, I know, no, I but, was. But. So out of Alvarado, Charleston State, um, 
ag economics degree. It's uh, where I met Justin. See, he didn't say the. Oh, that's oh, fine. Okay. <laughs> the, the <laughs> State. Okay, it's I forgot we have an Aggie anything. here. Yeah, well, we do have some Aggies here. Sorry, we went to the Big Brother. And I and I do <laughs> thank you for saying the Big Brother. By the owners of the company at, at Thomas More, they're Aggies, and so they're good people. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say yes because they'll listen to this podcast. <laughs> but Matt always says uh, these guys that went to Tarleton. I don't know, blah blah. He, they think that they're a part of the A and M system, but I don't know. <laughs> and then here I am running his company for him and Tarleton State University, the Tarleton State University. Yeah, yeah if, Warner, if Warner was sitting here, he would lean over and he'd do it just like this. He'd go, the little brother. <laughs> That's what's real funny. We were all taking a trip out to Amarillo about a month ago. Yeah, about a month ago. And we, had, we were going to go tour WT for a Farm Bureau function. And Shelby's like, so what do y'all call WT if you make fun of Tarleton? Uh, and please I was like, silence all WT. cell phones. <laughs> I was like, it's a good school. Oh, shit. <laughs> They actually use the A&M name. Yeah. <laughs> Tarleton used to be a and I keep all hands and feet inside the ride at all times. <laughs> Somebody gave Justin sugar today. Humana, humana, humana. Take this guy's mic away. So I went to Boo at the Zoo today. That That's a Halloween event at the Fort Worth Zoo. It's pretty did, cool. Did you get scared? No, but seeing parents, man, that like, they all coordinated with what the child was going to wear. Like, a kid wanted to be Gru. No, not Gru. Um, Vector. The villain <laughs> from really? the Minion movie from uh, Despicable, Despicable Me. Me. Yeah. You know, Vector. You know, <laughs> that guy. So the kid was in an orange jumpsuit, and the parents were dressed as Minions, and siblings were dressed as Minions, and the dad was dressed as Gru, the, vi- the other villain. And the little sister was dressed as one of the little girls from Despicable Me. It's so fluffy. (laughs) Yes, she was carrying the unicorn, yeah. So get this shit. This is what I I turned to Shelby. I said, no. Not going for that level of dad. Like, (laughs) And then later in the day, there was this dad, and his daughter was a little fairy princess thing. And he was dressed up as Cinderella. The dad was. And I was like, never. And Shelby was like, what? I said, never will I participate in that level of commitment to my child. Like, if they're like, Daddy, I want you to dress up as a princess, I'd be like, no. So, moving on. And they'd be more about if Bo dressed as a princess. Yes, I would be concerned (laughs) then, too. I'd be like, listen, dude, what are we doing here? Like, Are you saying you're not in the Halloween spirit? What's up with that? You're not going to go dress up and... I'm just sorry. I can see Bo and Justin wearing dresses and Shelby wearing like a full suit. Anyways, <laughs> back to the topic. That would directly just, reflect the actual mm, marriage that they have. Exactly, it would. <laughs> Man, there's... I Smell that? It smells like a bunch of ligma up in here. <laughs> oh, Are we getting geez. sensitive, Justin? No, we're not getting sensitive, Justin, right now. So, Mickey Mouse bullshit. Let's be Anyways. for real here. The Mickey Mouse bullshit. So, that is in the honor of Christopher Fredette. Yeah. But, I mean, back to all the feed stuff, y'all sell direct to farms and ranches? or uh, We just... sell direct a lot of uh, to a lot of uh, ranches and customers around us, yes. Uh, and we do custom rations if we, if we have the ability to have that in our production capacity. What's your minimum as far as a custom ration order? Uh, we do five-ton minimums. So our batches on the traditional side, which are, we call our traditional feeds, which all the horse feed, cattle feed, uh, sheep feed, sheep and goat feed, sow and pig and all that are 10,000 pounds, so five-ton minimums. Um, sometimes we go a little, 
a little under or above that uh, just for, you know, customer base. We try to be, you know, very well on our customer service and give the customer what they need. Uh, but we try to stick to five ton minimums. Okay. So, I mean, if it's like a big customer and then all of a sudden they took on XYZ and they needed like a quick batch of like four tons. I mean, if they're a big customer and we're selling X amount uh, a week or a month to them, yeah, we'll end up doing like a floor stock deal with them and then they can pick up however much they want at a time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as long as it, you know, goes with the full truck or half a truck or whatever it may be. If it fits with our uh, freight and all that, yeah, we'll. Yeah, because those trucks need to be loaded. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, freight is so expensive right now. Yeah, to get the best bang for our buck, we try to have a full truck at all times. You know, we started, a, I was at a FFA contest the other day and this uh, kid, they were talking about, you brother did right. distracted him. We're going to be here another time. <laughs> <laughs> he just, you look like a velociraptor. You just slammed your head down on the mic and you I were just like, got really focused in on what you were saying. And yeah, I back to your FFA story. So anyways, <laughs> these kids were talking about electric. <laughs> I can't. I can't even look at him. <laughs> All right. Anyways. Anyways, these kids were talking about electric. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, quit leaning on the mic. Oh my god! Anyways, we were talking about the fact of got a candy bar. <laughs> FFA, uh, the fact of electric vehicles. I guess is where this going. Go. Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, so they were talking about the um, electric tractors. Okay, so they were talking about electric tractors in the sense of they run an extension cord out there, or you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's actually a joke we make on the farm. We go all electric because we have a big gin set down the pasture for emergencies. I was like, look, Dad, our new so fuel this trailer. Was what was funny <laughs> is I said, okay, so you've got these tractors, and I said, is, do y'all understand the main important component about running a business? And they were like, oh, yeah, we, you know, understand this and, you know, we understand um, having to have inputs and outputs, whatever. I said, well, no, it comes down to service. I was like, this is the problem is, is there's not enough people out there to service those products right now. I was like, once they have the support from XYZ brand, that's when you're going to see more producers adopt that technology when there's more support support for it you know your guaranteed parts even though they're one girl popped off she goes well like we said in our presentation uh they have less moving parts i said it's not like you said i said okay i understand that but you also didn't say they have no moving parts <laughs> like yeah. if it moves they it have breaks. reduced yeah. them <laughs> like it, it ain't breaking that means isn't that what moving. your dad said you're like your dad said that if it if it moves it breaks if it moves it breaks he says yep. that that's his like motto with equipment yeah if it ain't I mean, moving it ain't breaking yeah right, if it ain't moving it ain't making money no right, right. and that's also because the electric thing it everybody knows that's a big hot button topic right now and it's coming we're seeing it seeing advances in it because the way I look at it look at what a uh, a drill was or electric impact ten years ago fifteen they were useless they were yeah. weak. No, now no. that's primarily what I use on the farm. They're stout, they work, they're handy. But electric has its place. For a large-scale farming operation where we're spread out over 40 miles, 
Electric's not the answer right now. And if you're running like all night, all day, you don't stop. Yeah. That tractor never shuts off. I mean, at some point, that's fine. Their ideal market it. is what they're going to use to R and D this thing. And by the time the technology fits what y'all do, the technology. Will but be that's right where there. like Deers actually came out with. It. I don't know if y'all know this, and I'm looking at one because I think it's a great concept. If we want to be efficiency efficient with fuel and all that, do what a train does. It's a diesel electric engine drive. that turns a giant generator that then in turns your electric drives on your wheels. Oh, yeah, just like trains. And Deer actually has that tractor on the market. It's called also, a, I had a kid one time try to tell me that uh, diesel was more strong than electric. And he used oh, a train no. as an example, and they were like, it uses a diesel engine. I'm like, to drive what? And it was like, he was like, the wheels. And I was like, how does it drive the wheels? And I kept trying to lead into it. And he finally said, in a drive shaft, I was like, well, what does the drive shaft go to? And he goes, the motor. And I said, which motor? (laughs) (laughs) Because it definitely was turning a generator. Light bulb. (laughs) And he goes, okay. And I said, the motors, yeah, the motors are electric that turn the actual wheels. And that kid was like, he realized he had goofed up. But that's where uh, deer count this, and cats actually had it for a long time. Oh, all their D seven E, yeah, E's oh, what they call mm. it. D seven E, yeah. It was a uh, cat went from the D D seven R, and then you know, I don't know many people know about you know caterpillars' influence on their um, the high track. You know, they have a patent out on that. You know, where you don't have your drive sprocket in with your roller frame, and um, so a high track cat is a. That you, you will cat. only find that in a caterpillar machine. You think about every other dozer else. out there. They're flat tracks. Yeah, deer, Komatsu, Labear, yeah. and cats all high track. And I mean, it's a very, definitely a very good design on their part. I mean, you, you don't have a final drive sitting down there in the mud and, and all I that. Did not think about that till the other day. You pointed that out. I didn't either. I, I didn't know that. So like, that's right. Nobody else has the, the drive, track. and their high track is made to stay out of the mud and debris. All yeah, time. you don't have that. You know, you're. Where your final drive is coming out of your machine. Hell of a big competitive advantage as far oh, as track placement. And besides that, I mean, it it puts you up a little taller. Some people don't like them. I personally do. You know, I, I feel like I get more of a visual of what's going on in front of me. I'm up higher. I'm, I Basically, I can see the back of the blade, and that's kind of how you judge where your depth is whenever you're doing kind of some grading. Yeah, because um, on a cat, you can actually see between the blade and, and the, the track. track. So you can see your cut grades and all that. Yep. Well, like a deer, like you got to watch the side. You're kind of dead in the water what's happening right in front of you. I've learned so much on this podcast <laughs> in my life, you know. But um, anyways, yes, so they went to that D, you know, all, that cat still has some flat track machines up into the, I think it's like the D4 is what they call mm-hmm. them now. Um, you know, cap. They went. They used to have. You know, like I was explaining, the D7R, the D7E, and all that. Well, now there's no more letters. They call them next gen. So we've got one D1 through D11. You know, obviously D1 being your smallest, D11 being your biggest. But there's no, you know, like D6Ns, D7Es, D8R. There's none of that no more. But um, yeah. So back all, to for our listeners, the letter used to be the series. Yeah. Like an R was replaced by a T, but in the series, though, you had N's, or like it was an M, then it went to an N, which was it, uh, your VPAT blade. Yeah. It's a six-way moving blade. Well, yeah, they yeah, even yeah, had yeah. the D6R with a six-way blade. There at but, the end, they did. Yeah. Um, little, big, little, big, little bit of a big machine, I think, to have a VPAT blade, just because, I mean, 
you can, I personally think you know that's probably you not think very it was good. Designed on for something else, and a V Pat's really good at your finishing work, your grade works, like shaping tank dams and stuff. But they severely lack in the amount they can push. They can't hold the dirt in. They're leaving windrows every time they push. That, and I don't, I don't think that they're as structurally sound as having just a regular semi-U blade with two push beams on each side as opposed yeah, to just pushing right strong. in the middle. Because basically you're pushing on like a giant Like ball. a 750J or something like that. That's a, uh, yeah. yeah. That's equivalent to a D6 with a yeah. six-way. Yeah. Or, but or, or 650J would be like a D6, right? No, it'd no. be like a D5. Five. Yeah. The numbers don't correspond directly. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to but compare this. When seven you push with six, a semi-U, you got two hard arms that are tied back to your main track frame. That's a right. dead push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where dead. on a V-Pat, you got a giant like six or eight inch ball. Basically, right. That in the is center. right in the center, and all your weight is on that ball. And like every so often, it ain't very good wear, to push trees. Right. And that's why it has the ability to tilt that blade in so many. Different it's actually ways. really great to push trees if you know what you're doing, because you take your blade and twist it all the way one way. And grab and hook under that and you can pop them out. If your ground's soft. That's yeah. an underlining statement. If you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't even know how to turn the daggum thing on. Because so. dad taught me and I could go out there and I could just clear trees left and right because it's just hook and go, hook and go. We need go. to have, I'm going to make an audio, one of these push button audios um, that I've been watching you, dad. Cool. <laughs> and every time Zach brings up something like, dad taught me to be a bit, I'm going to be like, Boom, like this, and it's going to be... Be off the crystals! But that's where we're going with this conversation. Cat actually was the first one to do this. They yep. got the D7E. As far as I know, they may there may have been some bigger um, dozers that other companies had, maybe Komatsu or someone like that, that may have had some on some big mines that, you know, a lot of the dozers we see around here, like, you won't really see a D11 running down the highway. I mean, if... For one, if you do, it's going to be taken apart. You know, they're going to have the tracks off of it. They're going to have the cab off of it. And they're going to have the blade. It's just a huge machine. Pieces. Yeah. Um, so I mean, this electric deal, they're they looking at, I guess, do they have any kind of deal out for the loaders, like the wheel loaders? So, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. They've, the uh, matter of fact, too. this past week, we got invited down to a more or less kind of like a conference convention down for Caterpillar in Waco. That's enough. <laughs> That'll do. Um, and anyways, we got to tour their rebuild facility, and we got to tour their manufacturing facility, and that is something to state-of-the-art. Um, well, the reason I ask is because we've got, we've got a big wheel loader in the mill. Uh, we've got a 540. 544K John Deere. You want to that's, sell it? That's what, no, absolutely not. <laughs> that machine looking for one. Well, we got a little, we got an old, for lack of a better term, piece of shit caterpillar that is old. We don't take care of it because it's just a backup. I'll sell you that one. No, I want a deer. <laughs> but yes, they do. <laughs> from, what I, from what I can recall, what we had um, saw down there, we had... Uh, to, they did have a wheel loader mm-hmm. that was electric drive. Now, I mean, it still had the diesel engine on it. Again, it goes back to the same concept of a train. You know, the D7 bulldozers they had, again, that's a big bulldozer, and that goes back to I don't understand why they went from a high-track to a low-track machine. But advancing on the technology there, CAT is actually coming out in 2022. No, they came out in 2022 with what they call the D6XE. And it is a high-track electric drive machine. 
And from what I am told, they are so fuel efficient and because it, it's it's the same amount of power to the ground pretty much the whole time. You know, there there's no, you don't have a torque curve like you would, you know, if you're running a transmission on a diesel engine. And you don't have the torque loss or the horsepower loss going through every gear. Yeah. Because every time a gear touches, you're losing horsepower. Right. And that's where I honestly believe, I think Ryan's on the same page, like that design, diesel that, engine, turning a big generator that's turning electric drives. That's You're cutting out a lot of your oils. You're cutting out your transmissions. All that's just, I mean, you still got your hydraulic system, of course. Right. Pretty much your transmission, though, turns into that electric drive motor that's, that's turning. That's just your finals. <laughs> yeah. And the capacitors. Right. Yes. Yeah, it's turning so, your And I'm actually looking at one drives. of those for on the new 8Rs. It's out. And it's actually, by deer standards, they say it's about 40% more fuel efficient. Because your diesel engines were it never it's not going up you it's know the load's not load. going up it's a constant load and the thing is is it's probably oh yeah a little less load it'll really. probably have a three <coughs> a three speed RPM lot it's uh, what I understood you just set it up and they run fifteen hundred RPMs all day it's constant it's steady and no matter what you're doing it's running that you got idle and then it's either on or off basically you're either running idle you're sitting there. But say you engage it, it goes to fifteen hundred RPMs and stays there. What I've read and looked at, and to me that works well, how because how will we make it black smoke though? <laughs> <laughs> black smoke is not good. <laughs> I have this argument Tanner all the time. My thing is, is it's wasted how, So you know, how do we? Does that mean if your plow starts pulling harder, are you going to feel an engine you know rev up, or you know start seeing it trying to get it some more? Harder. Pull harder, or is they well? But think about a generator. They're a set speed. Trains are a set speed, and when your engine goes up, your amperage draws harder, and that generator is just putting out more what it needs, because it's sitting there just. If you're constantly running, think of a house. What we're doing, it's still 110, 110, 120 volt all day long. Actually, two twenties with a house is base wired, but we turn on more lights. Do you hear the transformer hum anymore? Do you hear anything change? It's the same concept. It's just a constant feed of electric power. And I see that being a great concept and design for, the one, the fuel savings. Two, what's that engine life going to be? If you're under a constant static load all day long, you're not changing. Because that's what shortens your engine life, up and down, different. The heat, cooling off, heating up, cooling off. I mean. That's where I see also 15,000-hour tractors may be more practical. You're not going to regen near as often. You're not going to use near the def that you got to use. Because well, look what they're state. getting, like on these uh, diesel generators. You got yeah the compressor stations. You got that are feeding the oil and gas lines out here. They man, they're running them fifteen, twenty, twenty five thousand hours before they're doing a rebuild on them. Now, I mean, they may be having to do some you know injector work or some. And there's gonna be freak work, things that happen. Like any, you can take a brand new engine off a lot, drive it five days, and it may throw a rod. Yeah, I'm gonna manufacture a, a flaw. Good old window in them. So I buy one of these high tech, expensive, electronic or electric. Okay, yeah. half electric, half electric uh, type pieces of equipment. Am I gonna have to hire an electrician and a mechanic to come work on it? That I don't know. Well, technically, it's different than electrician. I don't know what voltage no, they I push. Know. I'd oh, I guarantee you, smart ass comment. But, no, but, that's you know. a concern. That's yeah. one of my concerns with it. I How think fast we're gonna, gonna have a special technician? It's gonna be. Well, yeah, because the thing is, you. Yeah, because I remember, you know, when the D7Es came out, they uh, had 
some people that, you know, they'd be having issues and they'd be working on, they'd be shocking the shit out of themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm pretty sure it's like around 408, minimum 480 volts, oh, I would imagine. It's got to be three phase for the efficiency. Um, you know, and that's some, the last little bit I was working out in West Texas um, on the wireline, you know, a lot of those frack fleets were going to all electric. And I mean, they've got a generator back there that was powered by an engine out of a 747, um, you know, burning the natural gas. That was coming off of these wells. Yes, How self-sufficient yeah. is that? I mean, you know, they're like, burning the gas that they can't use oh, off of it and nice turning it into electricity to get their oil out of the ground. But, you know, those, they refract, they frack so much more efficient with those. And I don't, my thing is, I don't have an issue with us having some sort of technology like that, you know, where we're getting more life out of things, but... I think a lot of it, they're also pushing this whole green deal with having to, you know, going out, coming out with 100% electric cars. And, you know, this is going to save you on fuel efficiency. Okay, well, yeah, I may have saved it uh, not at the pump, but now my electric bill's up, you know, $200 a month now. Cause and having- that's and like if you lived in downtown Dallas, downtown Houston, you drive 15 minutes to work or 15 miles. Yeah. Electric works for you. But, like, think about what you did today, Jason, driving up to College Station. You couldn't get back home on a charge. I'd have to have it plugged in out here in the driveway. Yeah, you'd have your you plugged have in. A special plug in and all and that. And that, that doesn't work. And work, think about this from the female side. Could y'all go on all electric truck no, fleet? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know enough about it to say no 100%. Because I do know Peter got last week introduced their all electric truck. Freightliners yeah, really, had, let's get on the gate. Uh, Freightliners <laughs> had theirs out for about two months now. They're out there. When I first saw it, I, I was amazed that, you know, these trucks are driving uh, how many, however many miles, however many hours. I just, it's hard to think. I guess a driver's got to have downtime, so in that downtime, you charge your truck. But what if your full charge is 12 hours? Yeah, I mean. I and think know. about the commodities and stuff that are time-sensitive and precious to get somewhere. And mm-hmm. what happens if your batteries go bad while you're on this drive? Well, yeah. they about, like, honeybees. <laughs> That's the conversation <laughs> before. They're shipping honeybees. Yeah. Like, they got so long to get up from point A to point B. Cattle. Cattle, Also, yeah, that tractor, go, that truck goes down on the road. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, how are you going to get around? What, what's the law and keep, but you can't, they can't be in that trailer for no more than 10 hours? I think it's 10 or 12 hours. I yeah. think it's, it's right there. They, and they got to be able to walk and move so and fast. And they have to have availability, I know, to water every 12 hours. So, I mean, you pretty yeah. much got to get them off in 12 hours anyway. And they got, they can't go without food for 24. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're down in the middle of nowhere. What are you gonna do? Yeah, it's not like they're gonna have a battery sitting at Love's. They may one day, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Justin's googling something to take us deeper into this rabbit hole. But that's where yeah. uh, they they have a purpose. But like what California's done, all electric trucks by twenty 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 five. Yeah, yeah, I that's don't not no gonna way. work. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's not that I really world. care to go to California, but I mean, well, to me that stuff don't work, and there's. We're, we are very reliant on fossil fuels and efficiency that way. But that's what basis because, like, my trucks can leave the yard here and drive 12, 1,400 miles for they have to have diesel. Mm-hmm. And we don't even yeah. have big tanks. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, fellas, I have a corrected answer for y'all because, you know, we try to stay factual on this. Where's the fancy? Where's the. Um, so Google if here? livestock <laughs> are being transported for longer than 28 consecutive hours, they must be offloaded at least. Five consecutive hours to get feed, water, and rest. That is from the United States Department of Agriculture, my friends. That's your department. 
and that's, no, no, it is not. <laughs> you don't work for FSA. I don't work for FSA or NRCS. I work for the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service. Yeah, I'll call it Texas Tarleton AgriLife Extension Service. I was about to say, you're going back on your own school there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay. But, no, that's oh actually... Oh, my God. Uh, have you ever drove the turnpike across Kansas? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's why there's random pins out there on the yeah. exit. That's the only exit just to a set of pins. Oh, yeah, okay. gang, gang. It's how that works. Mm-hmm. They are free-use pins because the Flint Hills is actually all owned by Kansas State government. I've, I remember reading that. I've gone through that, that, that area so many times, and I finally You got were probably Googling, Googling that, weren't yep, you? I was. I was sitting in the back seat just Googling away. You weren't driving? Because I want to learn. <laughs> no, no. Don't text and drive, kids. <laughs> Speaking of that, it's a or little Google more concerning drive. for me for you, Jason. You know, well, I drive better than you with one hand than I did with my feet. I don't. Well, that's obvious. <laughs> okay. okay, here we go. <laughs> Sorry, you set me up for that. Okay. Yeah. Well you, played, sir. Well played. Have you have you tried to walk lately? No, Justin. What's the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> I gave up that on year like three. Did you really? No, no, you didn't. Well, I mean, if you woke up walking I, tomorrow, I, what would you do? So a backstory here for you listeners out there. I am in a wheelchair. Justin didn't explain very well or introduce me in the proper way. I didn't know if you wanted me to be like, yeah, here's my crippled friend, Jason. Well, I mean the C word. Why you got to do it like that? <laughs> oh, my God. Now we're going down this path. And, we're gonna and our canceled. studio is ADA compliant, Jason. It is. We did. It, it is. is. I it approved. Is. Um, um, there's no stairs. Anyways, the way that I came in, concrete driveway, you know, sidewalk to get to the front door. See, that was the right way for the wheelchair. top notch. You're right. Yeah, yeah. We try to take care of our guests here. Yeah. Here at the G2 studio. <laughs> <laughs> Justin takes it down, down a level. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, so anyways, what uh, what else? I came here here's for my a reason, thing, right? Is we all need to talk about how here in about three episodes, we're going to be recording out of our studio. Do I have point. a studio? Is we it the are. garage right here? No, it's no. actually going to be set in my middle bedroom. Oh, okay. Yeah. You got to get everything set up in there. That way we can put camera mounts and boom mics and all that and do it professionally. It's pretty exciting. Oh, I was going to yeah. say, like, I was I was going to ask the question before I got here, but I kind of wanted to leave it a surprise. Like, where are you guys at? Are you guys, like, in a soundproof studio area? Yeah. That's the plan, though. I mean, the paneling is going to cost us maybe 40 bucks for the <laughs> amount of sheets that we're going to need. Yeah. And yeah, I've already looked into it. Zach's so excited. I didn't know we're soundproof. Now I like the way I got decorated. Now <laughs> no, no, it's on the ceiling. Oh, yeah. so that we can do the. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to be. <laughs> <but> apparently, <laughs> I was really worried that y'all were gonna be like in a basement, like the Zach Johnson podcast. <laughs> I was gonna be like, well, how am I gonna get down there? Just take a take a jump. <laughs> We have leave, a the wheelchair, leave the wheelchair See, at the top of the stairs. This is why we need to record this, because I think everybody watching us cut up would just be so funny. <laughs> we put a slide in for you. A slide? That's that's fair. Yeah. How's it going to get back It'd up? It'd be fun. Or, oh, or do the, the, old grandma, <laughs> the old grandma lift that goes that takes 30 minutes to get down 10, 10, five, 10 stairs of, or 10, how would you call that? A flight of stairs. We'll, keep it, at that. we'll keep it at that. How many stairs are in a flat? I don't. Depends on how big, this, how tall the floor is. That you're going to um listeners um today's podcast is sponsored by you don't have to be lonely at farmers only.com uh zach we have to watch our time for uh you may have to go adventuring somewhere so what, what? Uh, we're still good 
Okay. So what do we want to know about me? I mean, ask some questions. I didn't. I didn't have time to take notes. Okay. Or bullet point. Okay. Deal okay. Here so here's some of my questions. So what has been your biggest challenge since high school? So biggest challenge right off the right off the bat here is you know of course my accident, my injury, being in a wheelchair. That's been a big struggle for me. Um, in 2010, I got in a car accident, paralyzed me from the chest down, and uh, it was in between my junior and senior year of high school. Um, my toughest thing was it changed the whole trajectory of my life. You know, I, I didn't know where I was going to go, whether it be rodeo or football or whatever it may be, but um, I played the card I was dealt, went to Tarleton, found a Tarleton family there that kind of got me out of my out of my – Lots of girls. We won't go there this podcast. That'll be part two. (laughs) Me, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I had you know. I got some. When we get off the microphone, I got something to talk to you about. Something you want to do on the mic? No, no. No. There's no telling where his mind's going. (laughs) Ain't no kidding. But I mean, I got to commend you because I remember when the accident happened. That was a big thing in the community, and you bounced back, and you never really let it slow you down. Well, I mean, you got to roll with the punches. You got to deal the card you were dealt. I mean, either I was, I was, you know, faced with a difficult question, and it was either, you know, and one of the things that got me out was, you know, I had a lot of supporters, my my family, my mom, dad, my brother. Uh, but you know, my brother was with me one day. I was in rehab, and he kind of hit it to me straight straight forward, and he said, "You could either, you know, do something with your life, or you can lay here in this bed and waste your life away." But you know, I. I thought, um, you know, I'm going to get up, I'm going to do something and, you know, try to change the the vision of somebody seeing somebody in a wheelchair and wanting to feel bad for them. I don't want the first vision to be, oh, that guy in a wheelchair, that girl in a wheelchair, you know, uh, feel bad. But, I mean, that's not that's not the case with me. I tried to roll with the punches. I tried to do everything I could. And, you know, I, I have my down days like everybody else, but, you know, everybody has a situation they're, situation they're faced with in their life and, I'm no worse off than anybody else in any of the situation that they've been in. So I try to do the best that I could, and here I am. Um, I commend you for that because, I mean, look at the career you're building. Nothing's ever stopped you. Well, not not nothing. Justin stopped me sometimes. And (laughs) then we got him over here with some notes and doing (laughs) stupid Justin things. But that's fine. (laughs) Roll with the punches. You want to read this out loud? No. (laughs) But... (laughs) But I appreciate that, Zach. Um, Do you not appreciate this? Yes, I, I could have just that. asked it out loud. I could have been like, blah, 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 and you'd have been like looking at me like, bro, why did hey, you say hey, that? Squirrel, Justin, squirrel. Yeah, squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, somebody give this guy an Adderall, Zach. <laughs> but I mean, other than I mean, being in the feed world, what's one of the, I mean, unique something that just came out to you like this is kind of something I would ever thought I was going to do or deal with. I mean. From building like a custom ration to all of a sudden you're at a giant walking to the King Ranch to buy and selling them feed. Well, you know, honestly, it's the people in the industry that really kept me hooked. Um, and that's kind of few and far between. But the people I dealt with, even starting at Munster Milling, being a purchasing ma- purchasing manager, or purchasing agent, or even talking to everybody that's involved with this industry, whether it be a commodity broker or a direct supplier of wheat mids or whatever it may be, the genuine people you deal with on a day-to-day basis it's just it's hard to find in an everyday life situation and uh you know farmers and 
you know, being able to create these custom rations and making this feed and seeing what goes into it and seeing the satisfaction you get back from a customer is just something that keeps me driving. And, you know, it's, it's, I mean, we're, we're a small population of the world and what we're doing is feeding the world. And I don't know, it's just one of them deals, you know, growing up and uh, having, having the little that to do with what I did in our farm in Iowa. Um, it's just one of those things. It, it drives me. It's that's what's kept me going. You know. Well, that's. So. I mean, that's really cool because actually, in our industry, that's something I will say. Ninety percent <laughs> of people are just genuine good people that yep. love the industry, and I actually try to do this. If I find a product I like, I will call and commend them on it because mm-hmm. I'll get talked to the stuff and some things. And I'll be honest, if something don't work and I like it, I'm gonna tell you right off the bat. Yeah. In a nice way, but I'm like this. Nope, I'm out. Don't work. And the good companies will be like, okay, what you do know, we do to I'm make actually, it better? One of the best things wow. you can ever do to learn something about Zach, <laughs> good one, out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, listen for real. Is listen to how he talks to his hey customers. It's abs- like he has such good customer service. Yeah, it cracks me up. Like he'll he's looked down at his phone before, and he's like, well, "This is gonna be a difficult conversation. They're gonna be calling for X, Y, Z, and I've been out a long time." <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, he's like, "Hey, man, so uh, yeah, like, yeah, so I haven't got any of that, but you know, you're more than welcome to call so and so. They might have some, like." <laughs> Well, I'll take care of my customers. I'll send them on to other places I'd know where it's at. Because I'd know where Hayes at. I've got a bit of connection. Like, go over here. And they're like, well, he's more money. Well, yeah, that's Zach's like right the now. hay kingpin of Johnson County. <laughs> no, I'm not. I just hey got mafia. a good customer base. Or don't hey go mafia. here because, you know, X, Y, and Z. Uh, I try to stay away from that because I don't want anybody. Yeah, don't go to that guy's place because he's always got sandburrs in his (laughs) shit. (laughs) The phone calls. Did you got stickers in your hate? No, we don't have stickers in our hate. What did you spray for stickers? I don't have to spray for stickers. Because I don't have stickers. Because I don't have sand to take sand to make stickers. We don't have that. Yeah. Are you sure? No. Do you want to come out of my pasture? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's not something I combat here. There's other weeds we combat, but sandburrs is not one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Where's that Red Bull at? It's in the fridge. You need it? Yeah, for sure. I want to bounce some foul at the walls a little so, more. But no, that's, I mean, I can, the industry as a whole, that's what I was saying. I try to call back because uh, Brandon Burner, actually talking to him at uh, Fall Tour, told me about these new plow sweeps. So who's Brandon Burner? We always talk about him, but you know. Brandon Burner is our, uh, first and foremost, he's our District 4 wife and our rep. Great guy, lives in. His family's from Pilot Point, but he lives just north of Greenville, if I'm correct. Oh, yeah. You are correct on that, sir. Uh, well, Ryan, what he, are you doing with your mic over yeah, there? Yeah, Mike, what like are you doing? He's over like trying to make out with his Goodness. Oh, Sorry. Didn't mean but, to interrupt. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> we don't know what these other two are doing half the time right now. <laughs> you and I will have a good conversation, yeah. Zach. That's okay. <laughs> but uh, Brandon actually is the district don't kill the dog. SMA. Sells okay. a bunch of plow sweeps, agricultural parts. Okay. And they pride themselves a lot of it's USA made or high end parts. And he brought this plow sweep to me. He's like, it's Chromecast. I was like, okay. He says, expensive. He said, but we're seeing almost seven to eight times the life out of this. Yeah. Well, expensive bites, four times as much to buy it. Well, if all of a sudden I'm getting seven times the life, it's a no brainer. Yeah, it makes, makes and sense. And I tried them and I set, put a, half a set on a plow and turn around and put. Put uh, some other new ones from different manufacturers behind it. I've already burnt the other new ones for these are ever really wearing. Yeah. So I'm seeing my life, and I look at it this way. I told Desi, if we see 2.5% of the life out of this sweep, we're money in the black. 
He's like, well, not necessarily when he said four. I was like, no, think about the time, the labor, the manpower to resweep these, the bolts we got to buy, everything mm-hmm. else. I see that as a benefit. I'm not going out there resweeping a plow every year and a half. Yeah. It's all about the return, return on investment. I mean, and that's my favorite word. And I'm sure you've listened to podcast efficiency. Mm-hmm. I want everything to be done as fast as possible, but correctly with the least amount of input. But when you mm-hmm. got to replace those, how much time does it go down? Day. No. Well, uh, if you're watching the Millennial Farmer YouTube, it takes like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can resweep. Uh, Listen to this sound. That's a different sound. It doesn't have the psh at the so end because red it's red fueling the future. It's red. Great. Justin's going to have wings and a squirrel. Yeah. Red boogie. <laughs> Flying squirrel. Wings, baby. <laughs> Y'all this are, guy. we're on another level today. You, you are. are. <laughs> <laughs> but to resweep that 50 footer out there, if there's, I like to do, we do it with threes, three of us working. Mm-hmm. Usually two are tearing down and I'm putting them back. Mm-hmm. Because it takes them longer to take them off than it does me to put them on. Because of rust and mud right. and then you fight. It about four and a half hours. Do you get your tetanus shot before you do that job? I actually keep up with that for the farming. Because them sweeps, they get kind of sharp. You, uh, you they really do. Slip but they, off of a bolt one time. Oh, we have right an impact into your wrench. wrist. Oh, okay. So it's actually more the, the fact of uh, the plow bolts are so sharp when they come, when they're wore down. Yeah. I've actually known boys have to go get multiple stitches because they'll just use your thumb to hold them never then, use your thumb use that's a good way to go like tear the thumb off yeah they're that sharp oh yeah. <clears throat> have you ever been on a job site and somebody do something like that oh uh, cut themselves oh bad yeah oh yeah me yeah, yeah. Ryan. <laughs> yeah let's talk about that real quick ryan's actually very accident prone yeah and then we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about the most so, um, accident did you know there they're is. on my income taxes on expenses exchanged uh, or expenses out last year there was a uh line item for ryan's injuries <laughs> no kidding do tell go into that <laughs> all right he could have bought another pickup. <laughs> <laughs> For real? Uh, no. Um, it's called a deductible, dude. <laughs> so, I guess the f- no, the first building that we started with, right out of, right off the bat. Is that the one that fell over? N- uh, no. <laughs> um, oh, we've lucked out. Story. That hasn't happened. Story uh, within the story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, That's so, a joke. Ryan does build great buildings. <laughs> we uh, Unless tornadoes come through. Yeah, when it's halfway being built. I'm telling you, this is getting really intense. Anyways, um, we put getting ready to put the roof on, and a sheet started sliding off the roof. Well, my uh, co-worker decided he was going to try and grab the sheet as it was sliding off the roof with no gloves on. Well, um, the words were, we got to go. That meant... We're going to the ER. The ER. <laughs> and um, we went up there, and, you know, he looked out. He just had to have some super glue. And, um, well, the project following that, it was my turn. Um, and I'll just go into I had a r- really, really rough 24 hours. Like, terrible. Um, we were cutting the gable on the building, and we'd already put the sheets on, and we were going to cut the pitch. Uh, on the end walls. Well, I went up there. I cut them all. Well, it was later in the day, and I ended up with a piece of metal in my eye. So, I was 
went to went home, went to sleep, tried I thought, hey, I'll let it work out through the night. Now <clears throat> woke up the next morning, I went to the eye doctor and they dug the piece of metal out of my eye and then I went to work. All right. Now um we were, we used to pre drill our sheets. So we would measure where our screw lines were gonna be and then drill the holes in there. That, that was helping us make until we found a more efficient way, make you make your a straight screw line all the way down the building. Right. You know, make sure you don't miss nothing any of all. Yeah. That. So anyway, well, the sheets were on the forklift backwards. There's probably a stack of twenty, and I said, "Man, I think we can flip them around without you know this does too." Well, that didn't work. They fell off the forklift onto my leg, and um, it looked like my leg had got hit by a uh, two-ton truck. It hurt. All right, well, I got up, shook that off. Well, now we're going to start putting the roof on. These were roof sheets we were turning around, by the way. Started putting the roof on. We got the first sheet on real good. Second sheet, went to go put it on. Well, I'm now sitting on the first sheet we put on, and I went, I was like, all right, I'll go do the bottom. Uh, my coworker was up in the top in a man lift holding it on, sticking inside the building. And I fell off the roof. I uh, started sliding, and I just kept sliding and kept sliding until I fell off. All right, well, I fell off the roof, and now th- there's no screws in the sheet that we were getting ready to put on. Well, and my coworker times my business partner. He's up in the man lift at the peak holding the sheet. Well, my next thought is I really need to get the hell out of the way because he's probably fixing to think I'm hurt bad. He's going to freak out. He's going to let go of this sheet. It's going to come down the roof. It's going to fall on me. Now I'm really going to be hurt. And, you know, I really need to just go ahead and get up. So I got up, and he heard that I was okay. I was like, all right, that's good. So we put put that sheet on. We finished roofing this building now. Well. Could you imagine if he let go of that sheet and you didn't think to move? That had been some fear factor, What final, des- final destination. Yeah, I think. That'd have probably been for a good oh shit moment. Oh my god! Is, yeah, you can actually do that, Jason. You can go to the bathroom over there. <laughs> Anyways, has anybody got the cowboy score? We um, uh, say the scroll for a second. Okay. We finished the Continue. roof up, and now I've got cut sheets that I needed to stack up. We're uh, cleaning up. Well, we went to. Um, I was cleaning these sheets up, and I was piling them up. Well, whenever I went to put it in a pile, I raked it across my knee. No. Yes. Cut my jeans, and I put a really good, um, probably about two, two-and-a-half-inch cut down. Was it a gash? Uh, I could see my kneecap inside there. Uh, it was a true, it was a laceration. Like, yes, yeah. yes. And um, my words were, let's go. We went to the ER and got stitches. Next job comes up. The wall blows off the building. Um, while we're getting the building put up, we had, we had lacked a day. Tornado came through, a bad windstorm or something, and just completely blew one of the walls off. That was the tornado that got my barn, too. Yep. And so, anyway, we now this was a building that we were doing metal building insulation on. Well, we had to pull all these sheets off because now all this insulation's got wet. So, pulling all these sheets off, and as it covers that cost when that happens well we carry insurance right so builders risk insurance we they, after the insurance adjusters came out looked at it and wrote me a check we started tearing it back apart replacing what we needed to replace good 
So, um, anyways, we're pulling this building apart, and I'm on one side of the gable. We're pulling the opposite side that I'm not sitting on off, and I pull a sheet out from another one, and I kind of kind of tug on it. it. Let's go. Well, when it does, I have I put another <coughs> two and a half to three inch, or well, it's gone down a little bit now, but right there on the wrist. And um, now this time I'm on the roof when this happens, and I say, "Well, let's go." And I'm now trying to find out how to get off this roof with one arm because, quite frankly, I thought I'd cut the underside of my wrist. And you'd already figured out you couldn't fly off on the first roof. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, sure there was just blood everywhere. Oh, dude. Um, pair of leather gloves, just I took it off and blood just poured out of it. I was like, yeah, we might want to kind of get there sooner than later. Yeah. Well, I get there, and, you know, they stitch me up. And um, Have you ever thought about carrying, like, some quick clot on you or something like that? Uh, no, because uh, that just sounded like that means you're planning for an injury to happen. That's why I carry electrical tape, blue shop towels, and alcohol. <laughs> so we patch up and a Red Bull, quick. right? Yeah. I heard if you die while you're drinking one of these, you actually get wings instead of going to the other place. <laughs> That's what the commercial the Hell. Oh, here, hey, here comes Jason. Speaking of. <laughs> no. That is the wrong speaking of, Justin. Hey, it's the devil. So. Oh, my God. No, so. I mean, that's like, you talk about injuries and stuff like that. That's things that happen, but I also do... And I think Ryan's been around. When you watch me, I give you the same speech. Like, we pay attention. You always look. You always plan. But don't do what I do. Because if I've got to get hurt, I'd rather be me than anybody that's working for me. Well, and our biggest thing, I mean, especially for people we have working for us. And, I mean, we, we've run some of our equipment, too. A lot of it we rent as well. But I mean, the main thing is, like, you know, for instance, I know the main thing that you guys preached whenever I was working for you all was fire. You know, I mean, if one of these machines catches on fire, I mean, do what you may can. But other than that. Get the hell off of it, and ain't worth getting caught somewhere where you couldn't. And that's that's the same thing we've done, you know, with some of the guys that work for us. You know, let me get up there in that area, or let's get let me get up there on the top of the roof, or whatever it might be. And you know, and Brian's heard me say this. I think you have too, Justin. Like, I will never ask any of my guys to do something I hadn't have done already myself. Oh yeah, well, no, that's that's a that's a positive thing to have as far because as i've worked places like they'd make me go do stuff and i knew they would never do uh, when i was in college different jobs and mm-hmm. i've never made my guys do that if, if they're doing it i've already done it and most of the time i've done it multiple times yeah well there's certain well, jobs that they're goes, not allowed to do that goes with anything you know that doesn't just have to be safety i mean there's a lot of times i i'm i don't think you know as far as owning my own business i don't ever put myself above anybody else you know in that aspect of things as well as far as asking someone to do something that i wouldn't do like if i ask you to hey let's clean this place up let's pick some trash up whatever i promise you i've more than likely going to be right beside him picking trash up where i've done it or you know whatever it might be and i think that's i see that a lot especially with you zach on things you know it's not there's not anyone that should feel below somebody else based off of what actual tasks are being assigned to them because yeah. okay i got a question for jason now <clears throat> shifting what, gears what is your 
What is your least favorite leadership style that you've had to work with? Hmm. Like, you don't have to give a name of the person or where it was or something, but just talk about a situation. Micromanagers is mine. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. That's a... That's something I'd have to think about, but off the top of my mind, I guess. Like in college, you know, what was your least favorite situation in college? That like you, like when you think back to co- that's that's when you think back to college. There's a lot. The stairs to the students. positive. <laughs> the ramps no, the, to the library. Jesus, man. No, no, Figure no, it no. out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you're absolutely, you're trashing. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Anyways, I think my, I got a leadership style um, is not, underst- this, this may not make any sense, but not understanding how to lead. Because there's so many times where there's leaders that don't take the time to understand the people that are leading. Like you go into like one person is completely different than the other. Uh, if you and and some people think that you know I can lead across the board the same way. No, you can't do that. You got to understand the employees that you're working with. You got to understand how they accept input and feedback and all that stuff. And if you go to somebody, you can go to one person in the company and say, and you could be hard on them. You could tell them you're doing this wrong. Well, why the f or, did hey, you do that? Yeah. yeah, and and do that, and that'll motivate them to do better and not make that mistake again. But the other human's different. Yeah, but the other the, another person completely completely different. And so you go to them and give them so much negative feedback and say, "Why'd you do this? Why'd you mess up? Don't ever do that again." That they're gonna like go off the rails. Pretty much and quit. Okay, down. exactly. So and that's I'm, where you gotta know your employees. Exactly. No, yeah. Body language, right? Yep. Would you would you say that understanding people like people skills like that, understanding body language, that type of ordeal is very important important to being a leader absolutely yeah because i mean okay. leading leading 55 something people right now uh it's it's a struggle for me because i've never been in the position i am now uh, i've never been you know over so many people and one person's different from the person right next to them and you got to understand that and Have you, you got to find everybody's strengths and weaknesses and also like to and me, don't challenge you said, those if at all possible right exactly and look, you said this and you touched on it for a second i think it's a great to be a leader, you had to be the low male at Totem Pole. Mm-hmm. You need you to do every to job do. there, understand, or know how to do every job there. That's your best lead. You can't go tell somebody, go push a broom if you haven't done it yourself. Exactly. You can't tell somebody how to run a wheel loader or they messed up a ration if you've never done that yourself. Right. I can't or, go show somebody how to I have set never grade seen or, or something like that. Right. I haven't done it myself. And I've never seen Jason, that's something I'll compliment him on, is I've never seen him turn down an opportunity to do something. Like, we had this bass tracker boat, this panfish boat that we had brought up from my place. Piece of junk. And Got a motor we, on it? Yeah. 20, at, the, at the time it did. Yeah, tw- <laughs> yeah 25 horsepower uh, Mercury and uh, carburetor fed. It was old. Panfish, right? Bass tracker. This thing's bad as bone, right? Well, there's not really a place for somebody in a wheelchair to get in it. But guess what? They didn't give a fuck. How'd you get in that thing? He just lots of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> but Jason, he'll figure. It's crazy when he got in. First time I ever get in like a golf cart with this fool. I've only known him for like two or three weeks, and he had a big uh, fundraiser at a golf course, a benefit to help him with like expenses and stuff for his surgeries and all that. And all the fraternity brothers went. Well, I'm riding with him, and you know how we're riding around this place. 
He has a he has his just his legs just dangling there, you know, because I ain't got nothing going through them. But. <laughs> they weren't dangling; they were on the bottom of the golf cart, you ass. <laughs> but they're just sitting there, you know. Jeez. And you know how this dude's driving? He's got a golf club. He's got a putter. Shortest putter I could find. Pimp slinging with this putter. Got, but he doesn't have the head like. The actual flat part that you used to hit the putter the end was in my hand. Hand like a pimp stick, and the rubber part was what he was pushing on the gas. But and I'm like, you know, the funny story. That I feel was, like Justin tried to replicate this and probably wrecked the golf cart. Yeah, but you know, like was, I, got I did wreck it. It's like, his fault, and I was at the wheel. So I was riding around, and that's when I got to talking to Jason. I was like, so when this happened, he goes, oh, not but like a little over a year ago, and I was like, damn, this dude's already this. Like that's how quick the human body or the brain like adapts to like shit did like, any of your senses get stronger or that you know of it doesn't like, happen like whenever you, you go blind like, like you're talking spidey sense type deal no I didn't get bit by a spider or nothing like I got paralyzed and no like <laughs> that's I don't know no, no, like no, if you not, lose like one of your seven main like yeah, no. feel smell it's, uh, it's one of the things that's one of <laughs> one of the odd things for me is that's a that's a pretty good question because something that is different with me is say you probably per- bench press a car but, but well <laughs> <laughs> my shoulders are up there you know this I is kinda, so funny but no one of the things that 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 kind of is odd to me is something that I never realized and and you know the able body person has it also is so a perfect example I tore my ACL in high school one year in my senior year. I fell off of, uh, I went off a brick ledge, and it looked to be like it was, you know, solid ground, but there were leaves covering the ground. So underneath the leaves. This before or after? This was after. So underneath the leaves, sand, nothing but sand. So I go off this deal, and my front tire, my front wheels dig into the sand, and I go hurtling out of the front of my chair. And, you know, you, would, you wouldn't think anything of it. You know, it was sandy ground. You had a soft landing. Well, there was a rock. Where that rock was is where my right knee hit. And tore my ACL. Going on the week, there was a week prior or a week following this, and knew nothing was wrong. But I started getting headaches, headaches. I started sweating. I started throwing up. And then you know I wore sweatpants all the time because at the time of my injury, it was hard for me. There to was get other injuries clothes. that that happened. To there you were too. there were a lot. Yeah, there uh, high, college. There was. Let's not. Let's not. My mom will start freaking out because there's a lot she didn't know. So let's not get into that yet. <laughs> oh but, yeah, she gonna listen to this? Probably. Mama Craig. Yeah, love you, mom. Appreciate you. <laughs> hey, mom. What's up? But all the patience she has, cost this woman. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So that's, that's how I. She's dealing with you. Yeah, <laughs> that's how dad. I like understand something is wrong below my energy my injury energy whatever few and far between your aura yeah exactly uh is i'll start sweating i'll get headaches i'll start throwing up like if i know something is wrong so the body still knows something is wrong something is still it's still the way i explain my injury is like a kink water hose you kink a water hose there's still going to be water trickling out. Like if he really there. wanted to, I think he could stand up. Like if he was like, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, I don't think it works that way. I've tried. Trust me. <laughs> like that's the mind power deal. I'm sitting here. I'm like, just effing work, man. Work. But no, that's how it is. Completely cut in two. No, so it's there's there's two injuries. There's severed and then there's compressed. Well, mine's compressed. Severed is completely cut off. That's where you cut a water hose in half. You know. If you cut a water hose that's sitting on the ground in half, well, everything's going to flow from where you cut it. Nothing's going to come from the other end. Well, if you compress it, in other words, kink it, 
you know, there's still, there's still a chance you get some water flow at the other end. So, uh, not to say that it can't ever happen, but at this point in my life, I've accepted it. I'm here. I'm going to live my life in a wheelchair and that's what I'm going to expect for the rest of my life. I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. If something happens, great, but I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. I think at. the biggest thing is in that situation is accepting the fact of, all right, I've been dealt a bad card here. I can either get the hell over it, get up, and still go on with life, or I can sit here and be freaking miserable. Yep, I called my accident the best worst day of my life because I was that asshole teenager that was arrogant. You know, I, I can attest for that. Bars- <laughs> 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 yeah, that's true. Zach can. Yeah, no, he's the only one here that knew me in high school. But you know. Varsity football team, rodeoed, you know, I was... Good looking. One of you those guys. I was a pretty good looking gentleman. Yeah, he was delicious yeah. looking. Because um, the first time I met you, like, you were at the house, you're like, your truck tuned? I was like, no. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... You threw me in that category. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's that's the way I was. And like, um, you were like, he's like, you should do that. It'd be faster. I was like, I don't need fast. That's yeah. what I want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I... um, Best, worst day of my life, just because I the path that I've... You know, but that day set you on. onto this path. Yeah, yeah. But the way um, the way you were that the path you ended up on because there was a path at one point in time when you could be riding with Jay Craig in the like three to five years after his accident where like life didn't matter anymore and when you're in a pickup and he <laughs> or had the minivan he had a oh, really really fast Duramax that was oh five it was oh four. Yeah, it was a LLY. It was very fast. LLY. And you'd be in that thing on a small street in Stephenville, and the way his hand controls work are is just, you just got to just slam your hand down in its full throttle. And it was tuned. And when he would tear out of somewhere, if you were in his passenger seat, you felt like you were on a rocket ship, like just. Well, the Craigs have like, always been known for building hot pigs. Yeah, yeah, the hot <laughs> yeah. pigs. Yeah, his dad. Craig, I yeah. get it from him. He. Man, but that's what I'm saying <laughs> is there's like times where I'd be like Jason, that was I'd be fast. like, I he'd say something like, "Man, I don't give a shit. I ain't got nothing else to lose. I'm crippled," and I'd be like, "I have a lot to lose." And he's like, <laughs> and he didn't have like mud tires on the thing. He had freaking street tires. No, they were all trains, all trains. But he had stretched them. But yeah, so I don't know. We got to end pretty quick here. So to end on a note of, you know, those that are kind of hurting for thinking that they have nothing to lose. Like you were saying, you know, I was in a dark time then I was not far after my injury. I didn't really yeah, know where I was no, going, but real, yeah. you know, take what you got, do what, do what you can with what you have. And because you never know, I didn't think I'd ever be where I am now. My accident, worst day of my life led me to here. I'm sitting at this table with these three fine gentlemen. Um, I've got, you know, I don't know what, be- what what better I can ask for for a job. Um, that job, you know, led me to the girl that I have now. Uh, and, you know, I am I am where I am because of what I've been through. And what you go through defines you. And what defines you even more than that is what you do with it. You're oh, gonna, absolutely. You're going to do nothing. You're going to be a nobody. Or you're going to, you know, try to lead the way and be better than you've ever been and set an example. So, And that is awesome to put it that way and think about because literally like you said that one day changed your because you who knows you may have ended up at Sewell Ross riding for the rodeo team you may have ended up playing football at Tarleton you don't know because if those you are, are the two, pretty, those are the two directions so yeah. thank you you pinpointed that perfectly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like you were like 
you knew about him or something. Yeah, like we grew up him. in the same town. I dated Literally like sister. Yeah, I'm I dated the Western Frontier. Were you around for a couple of weeks? Sorry, sorry, Randall. <laughs> Randall. So, but yeah, no, um, it's, it's uh, life's a life's a tricky, fickle biatch. Got to do what you got to do. So the other thing that we could we could wrap up with is talking about like you I know, have one question before we wrap up because it's been I've been wanting to ask you this. Yeah, what is y'all's biggest waste on the feed side? Like, what do you see is like this is we know we're gonna lose this. This is gonna happen. Of course, feed has a life. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what's the number one thing you see y'all like at the ride off morning? Packaging. Game? The number one, no, you'd be surprised. Um, okay, surprise me. Holes in the auger system. Um, we like get the U troughs and, and, and then that? Yeah, do what the U troughs and all. So that. is that yeah, what you yeah. would call sweeps? Sweeps are on a plow. <laughs> sweeps are also in a bin. Sweeps are in a bin. Sweeps leftover feed. No, but our oh. nice, nice. Hit the button there. No, but our um. Remix, uh, whether it's I don't have that something button. something was mixed incorrectly coming off the line. Like we have a quality checkpoint where we check each bag or not each bag, we check each batch, and you know if something's not right, something wasn't made right, mixed right, or there wasn't enough steam on a product, or there wasn't enough oil on a product. Um, it's trying to figure out the efficiency of it. Got and boilers, it, and it yes. They have steamers. Yes. It's crazy to think plate. how many places still use boilers. I didn't realize that until I had a four H'er whose dad uh, is a welder for boilers, and he's a boiler maker. Well, I mean, how else are you gonna generate that, that large quantity? I know, of steam. Well, you, know steam like, is- you don't think about it because you hear boilers, and you don't like unless you're around industrial stuff. I guarantee you there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that don't realize how many. A things- little tidbit here. Oh, you know, like most of your major warehouses and a lot of your refrigerant is actually in hydrous ammonia? Yes, yes. That's what they use because it comes out at negative 34 degrees. Jeez. They have in hydrous ammonia tanks, they circulate to cool the air. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, no, we have a boiler. Boiler is a direct, uh, like, result to having a good pellet, a good cube, a good nugget. If you don't have good steam, you're not going to have very good consistent quality in that um in that cube and it's just is that what is that what helps the process of like you know like for instance when you make you know range cubes stuff like that is that just a is that help the process of compacting all that together or in some some situations yes where we are down in a valley you know humidity is high it's hard because how you're cooling whatever pellet or product you're coming out of a pellet mill is directly inflected in how what your cooling system is. We're bringing in air from outside to cool whatever we're making, uh, and the steam, in our sense, is something that is a huge impact on how we have our pelleted quality, our end result cube, whatever it may be. If we don't have the steam right because of the air that we're bringing in, we're not going to have a good quality product. So it's something that we've really been focusing on lately. What do y'all do in that instance? It's it, get on you know, Amazon and buy. Bunch of dehumidifiers. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do in the instance like the batch wasn't made right? Y'all just got to throw the whole batch out? or So we'll take it and whatever we're making that time, we'll go send it back through a grinder or we'll remix it and put it back into the product that we're going to make in the future. So uh, say we're making a 20% cube and that cube comes out inconsistent in quality and it's not like an actual good cube. We'll put it aside. Uh, at the time we're going to run cubes again, we'll go back and we'll regrind that and put it back into the ration as a percentage of a remix type product and 
remake it in that sense. Mm-hmm. So you're recycling your waste. So you're we, still we not, try to try to recycle as much as we can. Throw it out. No, we don't just throw it out. Well, there's some instances instances where something comes out so bad where we can't reuse it because we don't want to. They have to meet that guaranteed analysis on that feed label. Yep. yep. It's um, a, that's it's y'all not know anyone that would take that feed from you guys though without y'all just having to just trash it completely. I mean, is there any ranchers around there that would come and pick that stuff up and? You know, they'd have to do it really discounted. Factor, I'm sure. No, yeah. you'd have to that, or you'd have to do it at such a low discount because you'd have to say that there's no guarantee. They, it's kind of like what a um, APF does mm-hmm. with their sweeps. It's like they're like, hey, it's at least it's at least fifteen percent nitrogen. That's all they say. And it actually works great. We've actually put it on the pastures because it's very cheap and cost effective. You just put out like 250, 300 pounds. Yeah, but you'll have everything known to man in that sweep. You can ignore where you you stab it twenty different times, twenty different results. And same thing, like if y'all cubes aren't uniform, it'll be twenty different results for every time they stab. Yeah, because a guaranteed analysis, and this is for our listeners and also my knowledge to make sure I'm right on this, means that is the minimum of whatever those numbers say. They can be a little higher, they can be a little lower. Mm-hmm. Then, but or they, be be, low, they can't be lower. It, can, it has be to be so. If it's twenty eight percent, it has to be twenty eight percent or higher. It can't be, be lower. Can't be twenty seven point nine. It has to be twenty eight point zero whatever. And then you have a certain threshold of how high you can go, of <clears throat> yeah. course. But yeah, it can't be because like with uh, sheep, yeah, sheep cannot eat copper. Right, right. It will kill them. Right. So a lot so of that's why sheep feed is so monitored because it will literally right. The machine components can't even. So have then, why in the world do a lot of people give? Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen them a lot when we were, whenever I was showing. They give their sheep trace mineral blocks. That's good, but there's copper no copper. No, no, no copper. copper. They're special for sheep. Mm-hmm. If you look at an all stock blend, it won't have any copper in it. So they don't get any natural copper from the earth. They can't. Mm-mm. And sheep actually, with the, their mouth design, their lips and everything, they're so picky. They can actually eat on the ground and never grab a single molecule of dirt. So that's 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 what's important. So they built the godly barn over here. Like, if you're ever building somebody a barn and you've, like, subbed out a, uh, like, yeah, like myself, and you've subbed out a... You just trying to make me laugh right now, right? So that wraps up the animal nutrition portion of the buddy seat. <laughs> no, no we're gonna still talk about it. If you get a plumber, he's just getting off in a hole here. No, no. If you have a plumber come because they didn't make sure of it in Godly, they can't use copper piping on the water. They supply. used <laughs> copper piping, and they were the ag teacher, Mister Bennett, was doing the walkthrough on the uh, was it they call it the turnkey or whatever, doing the punch list or whatever. And he noticed the copper pipes coming off the hot water heater and stuff. He's like, we can't use that because it, in fact, will. And so they ended up calling me. Oh, that it is. That it's that bad. sensitive. Yes. It's not right off the bat, but long-term effects of that, like, say, a show year, yes. Then their levels will start to fail. That or if it's, like, put in buckets and then the buckets start collecting a residue. It's. I mean, they can't take much. So that's what's crazy is is you, there's things like that as a builder that you might not take into consideration when building for someone. Well, all our fittings in our barn. I think there should be a position or, that's like a general ag consultant. Like that's just an ag consultant for a business. You call that guy and I just charge like, hey, 
$65 a question or something like that. <laughs> I got the world at my fingertips called Google. Well, you wouldn't know. No, that's the, that's the that's thing is, is you wouldn't know to ask it. But that's what's like uh, when I worked at Producers house. Co-op. Mm-hmm. We actually had to use food-grade stainless on all the fertilizer stuff because we had all organic farms Ooh. in my fertilizer. Could you, you know, imagine? You I did for two years. Well, in could the you imagine? Wow. Could you imagine if, like, in a contract that you drew up, they, like, specifically wrote down sheep and goats are going to be housed at this facility and blah, 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 blah. Dude, you could get the shit suit out of it. Dude, you. dude, and you sign it and get an agreement, and then you start killing sheep and they, your pipes that you subcontracted out to a plumber were copper and starts killing sheep and goats. The right attorney realizing that you agreed to that facility and it had copper, that'd be gross negligence on your part and you'd be so screwed. Dude, sign me up for the bar, baby. <laughs> but that's where actually... <laughs> your dad's going to listen to this, isn't he, right? That's like every animal has something that... Negatively impact. I rest my case. Oh, boys. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. Goats is a lysine, right? Lysine. They cannot take mm-hmm. any lysine. Sheep can greatly tolerate lysine, but goats cannot. And I forgot what the one is. Gettle. There's a trace el- uh, mineral that will affect every animal. Where are we at on the time for this? Are we? We're are we about need- to wrap it up here in the next minute or two. I got one question. Okay. Yes, Zach sir. and Justin, what was the idea behind the podcast? Why would y'all start it? I gotta know. I don't Which know. Bush light. Bush light. Uh, it all, actually, I think it goes back to Shelby a little bit. Uh, we were sitting, I was at Justin's house, and we are sitting just like we are now, just talking. talking. Isn't that your wife? That is my lovely bride. And we're sitting around talking and all this. She goes, if only people could listen to y'all. And Justin did Justin's little squirrel moment, got all happy uh-huh. and started nodding his head and slapping. Bing. He goes, Light we ball. should have a podcast. <laughs> and I was like, I'm game. That'd be fun. <laughs> and I told Justin, like, look into it. Send the equipment you want. I'll buy all the equipment because he has all the camera equipment. Mm-hmm. What's what this cost? And three days later, Justin sent me. He only gave me that command. He only gave me that because we were going to buy equipment. He just said, hey, you know, we we're kind of tossed around the idea. And I said, we got to have a name first. I said, we're not even going to try to do any of this without a name. So we started thinking of stuff, and we had all kinds of different names that we had already thrown out. I heard that podcast, all the stuff, yeah. Yeah. I heard the story. And then whenever the Beyond the Buddy Seat mm-hmm. idea came, I was like. Yeah, I was actually sitting there with Connor over here. I got off a decent time at night, and Justin called all excited. He oh, was, I was, it, you'll never the understand the amount of energy I had. And I was like, and I, was like I love it. He goes, it. he goes, and I quote, Holy shit, that's awesome! <laughs> like I was like, I know, right? And I've actually talking talked to a few of our listeners about it because she's like, and I didn't think about it this way. I was thinking solely agriculture, but she put it, uh, Miss Rankin put it exactly. She goes, "It's not ag; it's everything you do. Be it construction, be it in the business world, no matter what you do, fireman, police officer, yep. you're riding next to somebody to learn the trade, yep. learn the business. You're walking next to them. You're working next to them." And your buddy seat. And we didn't even talk about Jason's buddy seat yet. Yeah, we did yeah, a little we did. bit. I mean, like for real, who's who was your biggest mentor? He said, "Ah, well, it's where he got his passion for yeah, farming. the farm." Yeah, like my, your my grandpa, like my grandma, your, my okay, dad, but like, who was your mentor as far as like the feed industry? Who made you fall in love with what you do now? Well, your I mean, the, my brother is kind of what drove me to be more in this side of the industry, just because you know him being where he was and i always i always drove to be you know 
always looked up to my brother in a way and always wore his clothes in high school and all the people was like oh is that your brother like they always went through me i was at avenue of Stephen Craig, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I and I actually knew your brother when I he was a yeah, senior when I was yeah. a freshman. Yeah, he was I mean, president of our FFA and did all that. Yeah, so I mean, he was the smart guy in school. He was the quarterback of the football team, and I mean, president I was, of the FFA. Yeah. Was he president? He sounds. He, was president he, was he, president he sounds like a good old like Toby Keith, Jason Aldean song. You know, even as a freshman, you met Stephen. He talked to you. He treated y'all respect. Yeah, he was there for everybody. He was literally. Like about turns the picture perfect senior big dog on campus, but talk to wow. Talk, okay, yeah, drill over him a little bit more but freshman. <laughs> 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 I'm right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think there Stephen was ever. Craig is my hero. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. He was just always nice and like yeah. the freshman off. Hey, Zach, you he little yeah, punk yeah. ass green hand, recite the creed, or I'm gonna whoop your ass. Uh, 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 uh. I believe in the future of agriculture with a no, but I don't. I don't think it was ever really one person. I mean, I, I say it's my brother, but I mean, in the same sense, my grandfather, my grandma, my dad, like my mom, like they all were so I don't know passionate in what they did and seeing the farm and seeing how everything was ran. Ryan and coming back here and all that. So I can with the mic the whole time. <laughs> so family, I guess, is what it really. Listen to how much better it sounds. <laughs> So no taking the tip off there. <laughs> well <laughs> on that note yeah. we're gonna shut her down because uh Mr. Gray's got a long drive back home and Justin's about to find another squirrel. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but no, hospitality's been great. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um hopefully there'll be a part two. Maybe we can hone in on some actual, you know, non Justin interruptions. No, I didn't do anything. We, it's been Ryan all night. We really do appreciate you being here and learned a lot. Honestly, I did. And I don't know that side of the feed industry. That's fresh new to me. That's why I enjoy this because I get mm-hmm. to hear different things. And, mm-hmm. and I never knew about your psychics and all can, that. We can go to College Station. If we and there's a chance to. we will because this whole thing is portable. And we'd love to have you back if you're ever in the area. Or you're coming up to see your folks one weekend. Like, I'm in the area. Yeah, no doubt. Same with you guys. Ashley and I have a spare bedroom in our the big extravagant home. Oh my god, is it a twin bed? I'm There's not no bed. <laughs> There's no bed yet, so I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> so uh no, we appreciate it and I wanna to say to all our listeners, sorry this like? one took so long to get out, but we've been busy with planting wheat and the rain actually let us slow down for a little while. Let Ryan say something. <laughs> And I do want to appreciate Ryan being on here. Uh, he thoroughly enjoys it. Don't understand why some days, but I think it's more entertaining. Justin, sometimes I'll, I'll dude. Uh, uh, he acts. Like he blames all this on me, but I've literally just been sitting here, you know, just waiting to say something. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, we're gonna shut this one down and hopefully get another one out. It won't be next week. It'll be the week after. Yeah, and uh, yeah, if, I'll if be you want some more week. of me, I might tag it on our Facebook somewhere. I was on a 4-H Lunchtime Ladies podcast, uh, another podcast as a, a guest speaker on it. So uh, I'll tag it on our podcast page if y'all want to hear more of a, a deep, serious side of Justin talking about uh, imposter syndrome. You have a deep, serious side? Yeah. yeah. That's that what a, I was. Is that a plug? Yeah, it's a plug. I told Megan I would plug her in. Terrible. But, and... Like mm-hmm. I always do, I want to thank y'all for listening. We also used our equipment too, so we uh we did break a thousand listens. Yeah, it's getting big. So if you want to catch us on this train here at the beginning, I mean, you want to be in those original people. 
you know, it's it's gonna have to be, you know. <laughs> What's the goal here? We're looking at like ten thousand. Listen, listen. If we break our goal is a hey, when we hit fifteen hundred, we're gonna do a giveaway. Okay. We're, with your pocketbook? With my pocketbook. <laughs> looking at Zach's okay. face here. He's like, oh, God, where are we going? <laughs> we're going to start We're gonna start selling merch, okay? And we're going to probably do, like, a gift card giveaway to our merch store. Uh, maybe enough to where you can get a hat and a T-shirt for free or something. Also, no tractors. You're not going to give a tractor away? I mean, no. <laughs> that is maybe one a toy thing tractor. Like, I don't okay. know. Hey, you I got do, plenty yeah. of them on the uh, pool table. <laughs> But I, I oh want to thank God. everybody that reached out, texted oh us. Oh, my God. We could totally do that. <laughs> the good ones have, like, a toy tractor store. Don't they? found a squirrel. Yep. We but should talk about that one podcast. Do you have we some? Do we need to shut your mic off? Oh, sorry. But, uh, Stop it, Ryan. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for reaching out to us, texting us, messaging us on Facebook, doing everything, uh, because – it means a lot to us, and me and Justin read everything. We try to comment back, and we're going to get better about getting on the schedule here. Yeah, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Justin got mad. I showed his mic off for a minute. Uh-huh. But once again, thank you all for everything. Justin, any closing comments? Uh, no, I love you guys, all the listeners out there, man. It's it's great. I'm really enjoying this, and it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like did. I said, don't ever hesitate to comment or all that because we couldn't do this without y'all. And it's just the facts. We know what we do. And we're you know, Larry time. Larry Martin called me one day and he goes, "Hey, listen for real before we shut this off. I can't get to give Larry Martin a shout out." He called me and he was like, "Hey, y'all always talking about like and follow and share." He goes, "How do I do that?" And I walked him through how to do it. But anyways, let's let's hit the let's outro. End this right? on which button is it, Justin? I think it's this one. Wait, I gotta say toodles. No. <laughs> Thank y'all, everyone. Appreciate it. And sorry for Justin. to be sold will depend upon your local soil and climatic conditions. It is wise, therefore, to follow the recommendations of soil and pasture experts in your community and to buy oh God, your seed. This is so awesome. <laughs>